0: One of the things that we like doing on Cranford Radio is promoting some of the productions that go on at the Cranford Dramatic Club. This is the final production for the 2017-2018 season that's going to be put on here at the Cranford Dramatic Club in May. It is Once Upon a Mattress, and I'm joined by the director and the choreographer. Zach, why don't you tell me a little bit about this play, if you would, please.
1: This show is a comedic retelling of The Princess and the Pea. It's actually where Carol Burnett got her kind of big start in show business. The first production ever was mounted in the early 60s, and Carol Burnett was just a uh, stand-up comedian in New York City, and sh- this was her first big break. Um, it follows the story of Princess Winifred, a very unlikely princess, as she um, pursues the man of her dreams, Dauntless, who is another kind of uh, anti-prince. He's like young and naive and a little silly. And it, it has to do with the Queen... Trying to prevent Dauntless from ever getting married, um, and kind of how they they move past that, and it's in a, a very funny uh, slapstick, tongue-in-cheek kind of way.
0: This musical also has dancing as part of it. As the choreographer, tell me a little bit about that, please.
2: To kind of piggyback with the whole comedic um, feel of the show, the choreography also has like a very over over-the-top. It's lots of like funny movements, not something um, super complex, but just to kind of help supplement the story of the show. Um, there are some really big production numbers. There's shy, um, song of love, uh, opening for a princess right in the very beginning, but we also have some more challenging numbers in the show. The very beginning of the show, we have an opening ballet, um, which is an idea that Zach, our director had brought to me about like, a great way for the show to just begin and sort of set the stage. Um, so there's a lot to really look forward to.
0: Zach, in addition to being the director, you're also the set designer. Tell me a bit about what it's like being a set designer for a program like this.
1: Most shows that I direct, I also end up designing the set just so that I have a really good sense of where I can place the characters. When I'm designing the set, I'm already kind of pre-thinking about the blocking, where they'll be on stage. Um, So it helps me in that regard that I don't have to kind of block around a set. Um, I designed the set for the blocking I was thinking about originally. The set is based off of the designs of Mary Blair, who did a lot of the conceptual art for um, Disney cartoon movies in the early um, 60s, so around the same time period that um, this show was first um, being put on. So it has a very 60s mod geometric feel um, with lots of extra glitter added in uh, just to make it a little bit more musical. Uh, So I think it's it's a really fun and whimsical set to look at. It's been a little passion project of mine. You
0: mentioned the opening number is a ballet number. When you put on something like this, although this play was originally produced back in in the 60s, have you had an opportunity to watch any of the television productions of it, and do you try to adapt any of that into what you're doing here in Cranford?
2: Definitely. So there's a, you know, different versions. There was a movie version. So when you kind of look back at some of the different um, moves that were used in the movie, per se, um, kind of trying to incorporate some of those into a more modern choreography, so kind of taking ideas but then adjusting them to make it work for you know, for what we are doing and for the cast that we have. So there's definitely a little bit of crossover of very iconic moves, especially in the Spanish Panic. There's like a specific move that, you know, many people that do this production seem to use, and I believe it's from the movie um, with Carol Burnett. So that move was, you know, definitely used within the Spanish Panic and just a couple different moves.
0: The number of people who are in this production is much larger than a typical CDC production isn't it?
2: I believe so yes uh, and it's definitely been a challenge of mine uh, when I'm doing choreography or creating formations on my paper in my brain and then when I have to translate that to the stage there's definitely been a lot of like uh, adjusting and oh well this doesn't we don't actually fit in this long line so let's make it too so um, I mean, but it's been fun because they really bring a really good amount of energy and I think it just kind of really uplifts the entire cast.
1: When we were casting, we, we had a set amount that we were going to cast, and we had such a great turnout that we ended up adding, adding more. We're like, we're definitely, we can't go past uh, this amount. This would be too many. And then after seeing the auditions, we're like, okay, maybe we'll just add two more people because they were really good. <laughs> this
0: production, you mentioned Carol Burnett. She was in the original production as the princess, and then I believe in the television production, she had matured enough that she was able to play the queen. When you have somebody who's as well-known as Carol Burnett, does that present any challenge in trying to do another production of it for someone who's maybe perhaps not quite as well-known? Does that put any pressure on the person who's playing the
1: princess or the queen? Yeah, Carol Burnett has been actually involved in every mounting of Once Upon every professional mounting of Once Upon a Mattress since its inception. So she was um, in the original as Princess Winifred, then in the two subsequent televised productions she was Winifred, and then when they did, most recently, another made-for-TV movie version of it, she played the queen. It's been a challenge... The person that's playing our Princess Winifred is nothing like Carol Burnett, but also an amazing comedian in her own right. So we've we've talked about the, the choices that worked for Carol Burnett that maybe won't work for her talent, and then how we can adjust them so she has her own Princess Winifred. Kind of more thinking about um, what the essence of Princess Winifred was from Carol Burnett as opposed to just copying her. Um, there was also Sarah Jessica Parker played Princess Winifred in the revival on Broadway. So that that gave another... Um, Winifred to to look at, and I also took a lot um from the comedy of Rachel Bloom in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is a TV show that's on the CW right now. Who's just another um, kind of over-the-top uh, comedian that is similar in kind of style and uh, to to Carbonette, but not the same. So we looked at different um, female comedians that would kind of all be really great Winifreds, and why they would be different. And, that's what me and uh, the Lindsay Braverman, who plays Princess Winifred, have been working on and, and talking about.
0: When you do a comedy, obviously one of the things you're hoping for is laughter from the audience. Is that something that is actually planned as part of the production? Those laugh pauses and
1: how long they may be. Yeah, you always uh, try to try to build in areas that people will laugh and like, you know, leave a spot for applause and for laughter. That's something that. Though whenever you're whenever you're doing a, a comedic show, sometimes the things that you think are going to get laughs don't get any laughs, and sometimes the audience really takes to a part that you didn't you weren't thinking of as a punchline. So just um, anytime you're, we're in a comedy um, on stage, we always talk about that kind of right before the first audience comes in, saying you need to really pay attention to where they're laughing, and where they're not laughing. If they don't laugh, move on. There's nothing more awkward than somebody like waiting for the audience to laugh and it just doesn't come. And then also, if they laugh, you have to pause and allow them to laugh. Um, sometimes. If if you're not prepared for the laughter and you kind of steamroll over it, it actually discourages the audience from laughing for the rest of the production, um, for the rest of the show. So you have to be very aware of the feedback you're getting from the audience and kind of play to it, which is you know adds another hurdle that um, in comedic acting that you you're not only focusing on yourself and your other actors, um, but you really have to focus on the audience and their mood and how they're feeling. Tell me when this production is going to be put on here at the Cranford Dramatic Club, please. Uh, This production is the first three weekends of May. Um, We have a Friday, Saturday show um, every day, and then the the middle weekend, uh, Mother's Day weekend, we have actually a Saturday matinee. So it's Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, and then Friday, Saturday.
0: If you are interested in getting tickets or more information, you can click on the link below this interview, and that will bring you to the Cranford Dramatic Club and all the information that's there. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me today.
2: Thank you. It was really awesome speaking with you, too.
0: Thank you. I hope you come see the show.